Today, Mike Fiddle and I take a look at week six, looking ahead to all the streaming players. We've got a little bit of news to talk about as well. Uh, this is Fancy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. Welcome to the Balls Deep podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you today by Fantrax, the number one fantasy sports platform on the planet. We use it for all of our leagues. Anyone who's in our uh, any of our leagues, we've got hundreds of them, knows that we use Fantrax and we've used them. I think since day dot, very customizable, never too late to switch your league. If, if you're looking for a new platform, a new server, um, contact us, contact Fantrax. I'm sure they'd be happy to take you on board. As I said, I've got Mike Fiddle with me today. I'm going to bring him straight in. Mike, uh, good uh, good afternoon. How are you? Happy, uh, happy Friday. Happy holidays. I guess you're in Australia, so it's not really happy holidays. No. Or, or necessarily happy Friday, right? Uh, happy Saturday morning here, and look, Thanksgiving like means nothing to us. So, other than do you guys, do you guys still get access to Black Friday sales? We do, yeah, yeah. So that that's really the the only benefit for us. Um, basically, for us, it's just a day without NBA, so it's boring. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but yes, we do we do get access to the Black Friday sales. I went out uh, to the sales yesterday. Took my daughter out. The shops were nuts. There were people. Everywhere, spending a lot of money, um, and that'll continue right through the, the weekend, I think. Um, the sales pretty much go for four days, which I assume they do over there as well. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at this point, it's like a whole week-long thing, or they even start like two days before Thanksgiving now. It's, yeah. It pushes as many products as you can, but hey, that seems to be the best part of Thanksgiving now, is saving all your Christmas shopping for this time of the, the, the year. It does, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it can be dangerous. Um as I, I found out when I came home with more Lego and more shoes. Um, and as you can see in my little bio there. I was going to comment on this. Too many shoes. Too, my, too many shoes. So I came back with two pairs from the US and I bought another three pairs since I got back. Um, I'm hoping to get back into playing basketball in February next year. So I think I'm a bit excited and I've gone overboard and bought like five pairs of new shoes. So it's, yeah, she thinks it's a problem. I don't. Um, but do you have a do you have a preference on what type of basketball shoe you play? Not really. I just I just like bright, colorful. Um, I like trying new things. Uh, I do like the PGs. Um, I've got like four pairs of those, and, and they've been good. But I think I bought I bought a pair of LeBrons, a pair of uh, Freaks. I bought a pair of Puma yesterday, a pair of Westbrooks, um, and a pair of um, Donovan Mitchell shoes as well. So. Yeah, just I, I'll try them all, see what's good, and if they're not good to play in, they're always good just to wear around as casual shoes. So, yeah, I think I need to get myself a pair of freaks. <laughs> yeah, look, they're not bad. I, I, as I said, I just bought them because I like the colours. We went, uh, we managed to find an outlet store in Boston um, that was within walking distance of where we were staying. So 
yeah, that that was dangerous. I, I thought I was actually pretty reserved and well behaved in the store and, and only walked out <laughs> with two pairs. I could easily have walked out with five or six if I'd had more room in my suitcase. But uh yeah, that's that's another story. We're here to talk about stream targets. Um, it is another odd week. There's a sun, no games on Sunday. I haven't even looked into that, but why are there no games? I think it's because the in-season tournament, I would check the calendar. There's no there's no okay. Sunday or Monday games, and then there's the like to be scheduled for Tuesday and Thursday that we still don't know about. This is, this is already projecting two weeks ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, like, if we're looking at the week that we're going to talk about, there's going to be no games Sunday. And then the following week, there's no games Monday because then there's the in-season tournament stuff. So, interesting to see how it shakes out in the fantasy landscape with, like, the first year that they're doing this. But, again, presents another week just like this week where we have six game days but seven days. And 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 the reason why I point that out, Adam, for the listeners is you, you'll get a random week, whether it's like off of All-Star break or right after your fantasy draft when the league is starting, where it might start on a Tuesday or Wednesday and you it's only going to go till Sunday. So you have games every day and it's still a six-game, six-day week because it started on Tuesday. When we get to a point where you have still seven days in the week, crazy thing to have seven days in a week. Uh, when you still have seven days in the week, but you only have six game slates, then it gets back to this idea that we briefly touched on last week where you could get into island streams where you can go, you know, you could target some of these Boston or San Antonio schedules that only have two games, which we'll talk about, because it's like, hey, if I'm going to use my one of three, my one of four, my one of five streamers, depending on how many ad drops your league settings have, then it's okay to go target an island game if there's going to be an entire day where you can't pair back to back or you can't pair a two games in three days type of situation. Yeah, it's it's certainly. I think I've, so. I don't know if it was we talked about this last week or whether it was another show, but it, it feels like it's been an odd start to the season for me. Uh, a lot of heavy slates with like where we've have, having to make lineup changes, random days off. So, um, look, I, I guess I guess that's the new normal because this in season tournament doesn't look like it's going anywhere based on how successful I suppose it's been. Oh, it's, it's actually been awesome. I'm someone yeah. who watches November basketball every november so there's not there didn't need to be an extra incentive for me but it's been great nonetheless yeah um so i just now i just thought i'd touch on a little bit of news um obviously josh giddy has been in the news for for the wrong reasons and we were we were talking about our discord server and that was an animated space yesterday um with a, a heated discussion um there has been uh so shams uh has tweeted out Woj has reposted a tweet from tim mcmahon uh, that the league is looking into allegations that Thunder guard Josh Giddy has been involved in an improper relationship with an underage girl. Uh, Giddy and OKC Cart coach Mark Dagnalt declined to comment on the matter after practice. So, look, I guess this is now official because um, up until this point, it was just what people had seen on Twitter and, and making their own judgments. So this is a thing now. The NBA are looking into it. So... It, it will be interesting to see uh, how this plays out. And I know it's going to depend on how old she is, what state he was in. There's a there's a few factors here that, that go into it. Um, it's certainly not a good look. It wasn't what I was expecting to see <laughs> pop up on my Twitter timeline a couple of days ago. Um, I mean, any, any thoughts from you on this or, or you're remaining fairly neutral? Uh 
Yeah, I, I would say it, I, I heard you and Josh uh, talk on the subject a little bit yesterday on his podcast. Um, I'm glad that you're touching on it here. I guess pun intended. I'm going to try and not touch on the situation. <laughs> um, um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit. I, I see so many sides of the story, and yeah. there's you could have hours long conversations about the legality versus the morality. What I will say is that if anyone's listening to this podcast and is not in the Fantasy Basketball International Discord, uh, <laughs> this this lit a flame in there, and it became one. Of, uh, in, in despite of bad news, it was a very fun place to be. That's what mm. that's all I will say. So I would say anyone who's listening to this podcast, come join the FBI Discord because there was plenty of opinions to be had in there. There was plenty of people discussing the potential fallout potential players to target, whether you want to pick up a Case in Wallace or a Isaiah Joe, or is, is, is Isaiah Joe going to still be hitting these threes, or is it really J-Dub who's going to have the biggest boost? Those conversations are all worthy to be had, and there was some plenty full of that in the FBI Discord. So anyone listening who's not in there, highly recommend joining. Couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah, it was it was fun. I, I mentioned to you I came into it late because I was at work when a lot of it was happening or, or I was getting up because it happened overnight um yeah look at the moment I mean I think we just have to wait see what happens here um as I said there are a number of things that they need to look into um in terms of beneficiaries yeah look maybe it's Isaiah Joe Casey Wallace I don't know I mean he maybe gets a bump but he hasn't really done anything to make me think he would be a must roster player. Maybe it is Jalen Williams that, I mean, he's he's already been ruled out tomorrow, um, but maybe he does get a little bit of a bump in terms of his assist numbers. Um, and they just didn't one rule other... anything on They didn't rule anything on Giddy's availability moving forward, right? No, not yet, no. So, And you would I... think he probably is going to be available to play because barring any news, it's more of just a public relations battle mm-hmm. at this point so i would still think he's gonna play especially because then you could get things like players union involved and, and they can get ugly from that side of things uh so i i assume he's gonna play and there's gonna be no bump any to anyone uh i did notice that case and wallace started last game with j-dub out so i would assume he's gonna remain in the starting lineup and i do he hasn't had the friendliest fantasy nine cat game but he looks good when he plays, and they're having trouble keeping him off the court. He's been closing games for them. He's even been closing over Giddy. Um, so I, they traded up in the first round to get him. They gave away the pick that became Dallas's Derek Lively. They absorbed the David Bertans yep. poison pill of a contract, and uh, so they're, they're clearly committed to him being a piece next to SGA and Chet. Mm. So is this the moment? Potentially, uh, I don't think it comes until we have word on uh, how the giddy situation is going to be handled. But I'm sure that's going to take a little bit of time. And me and you will probably do another show or two before we have some more information on that. Yeah, I think so. I think if we just, um, yeah, move forward, assuming that he's playing. Um, it will be interesting to watch and see what the reaction is like um, for him from the crowd, that sort of thing. So. Um, watch this space, I suppose. Uh, just something I quickly wanted to touch on. I've been watching the Magic game. Um, they're on playing an early game today uh, against the Celtics. 
Cole Anthony sprained his ankle just before halftime, and he ha- it does look like he's returned. I haven't got the game on, but uh, just checking Twitter. So it does look like he has come back on in the third quarter, but anyone that's had an ankle sprain knows that the first half, and if you keep it warm and if you keep it moving through the game, it'll be okay to play on. But he's then got to get on a plane. He's got to so it could very, very well flare up overnight. So I would just keep an eye on that because there is a chance that he misses some time here. And and we are going to talk about the magic um, as we we work through some of these teams. So we'll talk about what that might mean um, Wasn't moving he forward. Fantastic too before the injury. Pardon? He was playing fantastic today before the injury. He was. Yeah, he was playing well. Um, Jalen Suggs was having a bit of an off night. Anthony basically came on with uh, four minutes to go in the first quarter, I think, and didn't come off. Um, he, he just played the whole second quarter, I think, and had a highlight dunk, um, was defending well, had a couple of steals. So, uh, yeah, so this will impact fantasy if he does miss time. Um, so, as we said, a bit of a weird week. We've got some high-volume days, low-volume days. High-volume days are Thursday and Saturday, so they're the, the days, I guess, where – looking to avoid when streaming or, or not as much. Um, low volume days are Monday and Friday, and we've got four teams that are playing on both of those days, um, Denver, New Orleans, Philly, and Washington. I was thinking, so looking ahead, because the schedule for week seven, if we jump ahead another week, hasn't actually been released yet because they need to wait for the, the in-season tournament to play out so they know who's playing who and, and what the schedule looks like. Because I would normally say you you could look at um, someone for who's playing on the Saturday and then the Tuesday, which I think is when the next lot of games are. But you're not actually going to be able to know. You won't know that until. Although is every no maybe everyone is playing on the Tuesday because everyone has two games in that next week. So does everyone play the Tuesday? Do we know that? I believe the entire league plays Tuesday Thursday. Okay, so. Anyone that plays on Saturday is going to have that sort of pseudo back-to-back where they're playing um, Saturday and Tuesday. But as you can see here, Saturday is a high-volume day as well. Um, and Tuesday, obviously, with there's going to be 15 games. That's going to be high-volume. So so maybe th- that isn't probably something to consider because you're not – your whole roster is going to be active. So you're potentially not going to be playing these guys same that you stream. Same with Saturday because it's so high-volume and there's 12 yeah. games. Uh, which honestly, it's a great point to bring up that Saturday is going to be a full slate. Sunday has no games. Monday has no games. Tuesday's back to a full slate again. Use your pickups early in the week. Use your pickups for a Monday. Like get after it early. Look at your matchup. What team are you playing against? What are you good in? What are they good in? What might you need to get an edge on category wise? Like go into the statistics in the league. And see, is this team a really good field goal shooting team and you should, you know, punt that this week? Or should you play into it and try and go get someone who can get some easy buckets and and high efficiency? So check those things and stream early in the week this week because there really are no options for late week streaming once you see how your your, uh, matchup is playing out. You almost have to forecast your matchup this week. That's right. And and yeah, and no streaming really beyond this week. So if, uh, up until week eight. So it's basically a week without streaming somewhat because Tuesday, Thursday, there's no point really. Can I ask you two questions seven. on that? Yeah. Do you know if the week eight and week nine is just going to be one combined fantasy week because there's only two game days? 
or you think it's going to be a very uh, late fantasy week? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember seeing that when I was setting up schedules. There, there's obviously that the, they combine those two all-star weeks as one when it yep. comes to fantasy, but I don't remember seeing any other combined week. So I think it's just going to be a normal week, but with two games for everyone. So just a low-volume week where you're really just playing your 10 best players twice and that's it. Um, so as I said, no streaming value at all, unless you've got a ton of injuries um, and you've got to stream in. But beyond that, yeah, it, you're really just playing your best players. Um, we have got quite a few teams with some back-to-backs. Uh, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, Houston, the Clippers, the Lakers, Memphis, Pelicans, Knicks, Magic, uh, Phoenix, Sacramento, Spurs, Toronto, and Utah. Um, a lot, most majority of the teams have three games this week. So we've got two teams with two games, uh, Boston and San Antonio. So they're teams we're probably looking to avoid. And uh, six teams with four games this week, Denver, Detroit, Clippers, Lakers, Pelicans, and Jazz. So if we slide across here. So having a look at those teams that do play on both low-volume nights, uh, as I said, we've got Denver, New Orleans, Philly, and Washington. Uh, starting with Denver, there's n- I mean, there's not a ton of streaming value because we, we basically know who's doing what here until Jamal Murray is back. There's one person doing everything. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that, that's the way it's been for the last few years. Um, I've put in Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Chances are, look, look, he could be ro- ro- sort of rostered in most competitive leagues, but he is floating around out there. Uh, as is Reggie Jackson in a few spots. Really, it's probably just Christian Brown who's coming off a pair of pretty good games, but I'm still not convinced that that this is something that can stick. Uh, anyone else on the Nuggets that interests you? Uh, not particularly. No, no. no, they're a pretty boring team for fantasy. Um, Pelicans have a little bit more. Dyson Daniels uh was sort of rostered a week ago but since then um Jose Alvarado has come back into the rotation and and Dyson he's still starting but his minutes have taken a little bit of a hit so he has probably been dropped in a few leagues so he's worth a look Larry Nance also back from uh, his rib injury in the last game I believe uh we know that they like playing him alongside Zion when he's healthy so he might be worth grabbing um, just to see what his minutes play out like this week. Najee Marshall is always serviceable uh, off the bench. He's never going to blow up and and give you massive numbers, but um, he has a decent role on this team. And Jordan Hawkins is another guy that may have been dropped. Uh, I did see him in two of my leagues last night. He was available. He's sort of cooled off a bit after he had that really hot stretch, but I still think he's going to play sort of meaningful minutes and and do enough um, on these low-volume nights until CJ's back. And we we don't – I mean, CJ is getting close, but we don't have a date or anything yet on when he's back. Uh, any more any more sort of on the Pelicans there from you? That's what I was going to say. We have reports that CJ is practicing in full, and so he's, like, not limited in any practices. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a matter of time before he gets back. He missed 17 games when he had this injury last time. He's missed – nine uh mm-hmm. so far this time so maybe he gets on the court a little bit sooner but those guys like Dyson Daniels Jordan Hawkins are certainly going to be impacted uh upon the return of CJ not only from a scoring perspective a playing time perspective 
but just also a usage rate, even if they are on the court, if they have CJ next to him, he's going to have the ball. Uh, Dyson Daniels, since he's been starting, their defense has been incredible, which is no surprise to me. I'm one of Dyson Daniels' biggest fans. I would absolutely love him in a dynasty setting. I just think he's a potential amazing player in the making, like a real winning piece. He reminds me a lot of what Lonzo could be uh, or what we wish Lonzo was if he stayed healthy. Najee Marshall feels to me very similar to a Kenrick Williams in OKC where this guy plays this role and the team loves him and the role's not going anywhere. So whether it's BI, whether it's Nance, they, they, they come and go in the lineup. They've been hurt. If Najee Marshall's healthy, He's going to get his 22 minutes, and he's going to do a little bit of everything. So it's never sexy on a given night, but it's always a little bit of everything, and you could pretty much count on it, and it's reliable. So in a situation where the schedule looks nice, you can almost stack a few of those together. And, of course, CJ is still hurt. Larry Nance is probably one of my favorite players in the NBA that I've almost never rostered in fantasy uh, because his opportunity share just doesn't ever match his talent. He can do everything he could do he could be a top 50 player in nine cat so easily if he was given the proper play time because of his block steals his efficiency his rebounds he's like uh an upgraded kyle anderson uh in my opinion i i think larry nance is one of the most misused players in that system i hope he gets traded or somehow they get rid of valentunas to open up more space but he's when they put him in that Draymond role, he's truly one of the best in the league at it. Don't add. He is. He is. Yeah. Look, it, it does feel like he's been, and he's been. He's sort of one of these guys. I feel like for years that we've just we've just wanted him to play more because he he he's been a fantasy relevant guy, but ne- never to the point where he's must roster for a significant period of time. He does seem to get injured a lot, which is a little bit unfortunate. Um, but as you said, yeah, I, I like the comparison to Kyle Anderson there because he he is quietly a good facilitator as well. You can run the offense through him. Um, he's still super athletic. Um, he, he he gets off the ground quickly. So we did see last year that they started to, as I said, go with with him alongside Zion um, for a period when they when they were really hot to start the season, and then Zion got injured, as we know, and and uh, Nance did as well, and. So they're not afraid to run that lineup and, and put Valanciunas on the bench. But to Valanciunas's credit, he's been pretty good this year. So, um, yeah, he's yeah I, don't, I don't think it's a straightforward decision, but something to monitor. Um, for Philly, a few names here as well. Uh, I have put Kelly Oubre on, on here. We Again, we don't have a date for him, but it does sound like he's pretty close. Um, he, he's, they said he was going to be reevaluated in a week. Um, a couple of days ago, I've seen him on a couple of waiver wires. I'm not sure what his season, like what his value looks like rest of season. He he was he was strong to start the season, but he had started to trend down slightly before he got injured. Um, but look, if you, if you want to take a bit of a flyer and just see what his role looks like, if you need some points, um, you know, efficiency can be an issue, but he can get some defensive stats from time to time. Uh, Jaden Springer. I really like him in terms of fantasy. I think he has a lot of upside in a really fantasy-friendly game. It does look like they're starting to trust him a little bit more, um, but it does also depend on the matchup because we saw Pat Beverly play big minutes in the last game over him. 
Uh, I've put Pat Beverly, I've put Nick Batum, I've put Robert Covington. Honestly, I'm not interested in any of those guys, but it, it, just because we don't know what that rotation is going to look like from one night to the next, um, are you interested in any of, of them as viable options or are they probably going to be better players available? To be honest, I'm most interested in knowing the truth about what happened with that Ubre situation. Uh, <laughs> there seems to be some conflicting reports there. We touched yes. on the Giddy situation. Maybe one day we'll figure out what happened with Ubre. Um, Springer versus Pat Bev. I think it's an interesting thought. I, I like where your head's at. I'll just throw in that Pat Beverly likely played more than Springer last game because they were going against the Timberwolves, which is a mm. nice little revenge game for Pat Bev. Uh Everyone knows the the video clip of him jumping on the scorer's table when they made the play-in tournament. Yep. One of my favorite videos in the NBA <laughs> social media era. Uh, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, no, especially when Kelly Oubre comes back, and that might be soon, it kind of just mucks up the whole thing. Yeah. So I think uh, Philly is very similar to Denver, where they get the hub of all of their statistics through their center. They have a point guard who could be a valuable contributor, and then the rest of it is kind of just – Picking a rabbit out of a hat. Yeah, yeah. Um, Washington, another team that's, well, <laughs> the less we talk about them, the better Washington, probably. Do you just call Washington a team? Well, that's, yeah, it's really stretching it, calling them a team. A group of people, a huddle. <laughs> uh, we, we could come up with many names. But Bilal Kulabali, look, he's probably the only one on that list. I, I just had to put some more names. So I went through the it was hard. I went through, oh, who am I going to put here? So I did put Corey Kispert and Landry Shamit. They're really just points and threes, guys, off the bench. But, again, I'd rather, much rather someone like an Isaiah Joe or Sam Hauser, despite the fact they only play two games. I feel like they're a little more reliable. Uh, Koulibaly has, has been intriguing. Um, the offense is obviously still a work in progress, but he brings it on the defensive end. Um if you wanted to grab him and see, I still think Denny Avdia is ahead of him quite comfortably in the rotation. Um, Kulabali, like come December, come well, we're almost in December, so come January, February, I think he'll be playing 30 minutes a night once, well, hopefully, they should know that they're bad. I think they do know that they're bad, but it's probably a little bit early to be throwing in the towel completely, but I think they will at some point. Uh, do the Wizards interest you at all? No. Um, no. <laughs> no, I think like Tyus Jones being dropped in some leagues, like he was mm. dropped in my league and then he was picked back up. If Tyus Jones has been dropped, that's egregious and get on that and pick him back up. Uh, that's really the only thing I would say. Uh, the G- Gafford's been incredible. Uh, Kuzma and Poole have been fine, inefficient. Uh, Poole's been terrible, actually. But uh, yep. say it's kind of it's kind of tough to fit these guys into a build. If you're going Kispert or Shamit, you're simply streaming for threes, and it feels like there's a lot of players in the league that you could do that with. Even a few players on this list you could do that with. You just go up and grab a Jordan Hawkins or a KCP instead. Uh, yep. With Bilal, it's kind of it's tough to figure out what roster construction he fits in because you have to almost be a punt field goal percentage team, but most of those teams are also like generating a lot of points and he's not that much of a points guy. So you're normally stacking him with like the Lamellos and the trays. If that's who that's like the combination you went with, but then he doesn't really add in some of the other stuff that really helps you. If you're also punting a uh, field goal percentage. So 
I see what you're saying with he's the development project there and he can provide a lot of stocks and a lot of hustle stats. Uh, so later in the season, when it starts getting really gross, he's definitely going to have some top 100 value. It's not there for me yet. I'd rather save the roster spot and start flipping it on other players. Yep. Completely fair. As I said, I think I just had, I had to put some names. So I just, <laughs> I put whoever I could find. There you um, go. So having a look at teams that have three games in four nights, there's uh, I think there's about eight or eight or nine of them. Uh, we'll start with Detroit. Jaden Ivey, um, he was sort of in the, in on the outer to start the season. Uh, didn't appear that he was sort of in the in the good books, um, but has moved back into the starting lineup over Killian Hayes. Uh, I picked him up in in our industry pickup league. I, re- I really just need assists, so I'm hoping you can maybe give me four or five assists. Uh, Alec Burks, who is really just points and threes, very hit or miss. Uh, I think I've picked him up twice already this season and then dropped him dropped him again last night. Uh, Isaiah Livers, who I think they like. Uh, I'm not sure what his role looks like. He's just come back into the rotation. So he's more of probably a name to watch rather than to target. And Isaiah Stewart, who may have been dropped, in a few leagues, who I don't think is a must-roster guy this season, but certainly can be streamed in if you need some rebounds. Um, doesn't do a lot on the defensive end. Any interest in these guys? Anyone on Detroit that I've missed? I think Beef Stew is probably the one to go with. Jaden Ivey now starting, so if he's going to keep this starting job, I mean, who knows what Monty Williams is doing with this team right mm-hmm. now. It's been an absolute disaster. It's like if you're going to – not start Ivy. I don't know why you're playing Killian Hayes. You should at least play Burks. Uh, but on the other flip side of that, going back to the Stewart part, he absolutely has to remain on the floor because he at least offers some spacing. So he's averaging 32 minutes a night right now uh, and, and 1.63s. Those I don't think are going anywhere unless they make a big trade. The way that this team is designed with absolutely no shooters makes it really sad that he's one of the ones that they have to rely on and it contributes to some of the inefficiencies that he's playing from behind the arc so much, but any given night, he could have a double, double, he could have two or three threes. So there's, there's a lot of ceiling in a single game or a two game stream. Uh, The role is very steady. The one thing I'll say with, with watch out for Detroit is Bogdanovich should be coming back pretty soon. Uh, He's starting to practice again with his calf. He's been ruled out for the next few games. But he practiced fully on Wednesday, so return seems to be coming soon. He is going to be so important for this team. Uh, if he's on the waiver wire, he's probably was drafted and stashed into an IL plus spot. But if he's on the waiver wire because people forgot about him or just got rid of him if they were already too injured and they couldn't hold on to someone like that, he is an absolutely must-roster fantasy player. He should be a top 80 player pretty instantly upon return. Uh, yeah, agreed. I'm just having a look at if we have got what the information on Boyan is when my page loads up. I um, used to work for the Nets, and that was when he was on the team and yeah. one of the nicest guys in the world. Right. Okay. Well, good to know. Good to know there are nice guys. Easy to root there. for. <laughs> um, yeah, so as you said, yeah, he's close. He's, he's getting close, has been ruled out for the next game, but... Um, that will impact Isaiah Stewart because it, it will be interesting to see who drops out of that starting lineup, whether they drop Stewart, move Boyan to the four, 
or whether they move Thompson back to the two and maybe Jaden Ivey goes back to the bench. Um, so, yeah. I think it's, it's going to be – I think it's probably going to be Ivey because, honestly, Beef Stew still a better shooter, and what Kate Cunningham needs is shooting to surround him. Uh, yeah. But the flip side of that is if it is Ivy who stays, then Boyan gets just another boost because it's only a matter of time before he gets the power forward eligibility added to his to his uh, positions. And, and yeah. I could be different on different platforms. I know on Yahoo, he's just shooting guard small forward. He's going to play primarily the four this year. And he's certainly a trade candidate to a um, winning situation to a contending team uh, at the deadline in which very high likelihood he becomes he goes there and plays the four. Yeah, I think on fan tracks he is a he is a power forward um, because I like That's him. That's why in you a should use my, fan tracks because they get it right. It, it is why you should use fan tracks. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah because I know I drafted him, put him in my IR. I've had to drop him since because I've had so many injuries. But he was a really good fit for a lot of my builds this year as as a power forward who basically gives you points threes. Good free throw shooter, so they, those sort of guard stats. Um, the Clippers, uh, I've put Norm Powell on here. He is questionable, I think, coming into tonight. Um, he had, I think it was a groin sort of niggle injury kind of thing in the last game. Um, questionable, but I'm, I'm always cautious when it comes to groins, hamstrings, that even though he's listed questionable, there is a chance he misses a bit of time because you can't really rush these things back. So if, if Powell is in, if he's healthy, then I think he's worth a look because they have been closing with him lately. Um, if he's out, Terrence Mann, I think he's someone to consider because he'll probably get some more minutes. Westbrook I probably could have put on here as well because he may have been dropped in a few leagues. Uh, he's moved back to the bench. And then I put Daniel Tice, who who they picked up about a week ago, Um Basically, as a replacement for for Plumley until he's back, and he he's still he's still I think a month off or five or six weeks or something. So Daniel Tice has played pretty good minutes the last few games and put up good numbers. Um, so he's just someone probably better suited to deeper leagues. But even in a twelve team league, if it's a low volume day, I mean grab him. He he plays well when he's on good teams. Um, he has the ability to stretch the floor a little bit as well. So what are your thoughts on, on the, the Clippers and, and these guys I've popped here? Uh, I like Tice. I, I agree. If Norm Powell is there, he's a he's a very consistent streamer. He's going to pair well with Harden because of the three-point shooting he provides. If he's not there, it's going to increase opportunity for Terrence Mann. But Tice is a player who's very essential to the way James Harden plays in that he – has the footwork to do the pick and roll, and he has some size combined with some speed. Zubak is missing the speed element of that equation, so he doesn't really roll well with Harden. So Tice is not going anywhere, and it does not surprise me at all to see him putting up 10 or 11 shots in his 20 minutes. Normally, like, oh, he would expect to be a low-usage guy. He's getting dump-offs right near the hoop, so he's going to play with a lot of efficiency. He's going to grab a lot of rebounds. He's going to be someone in limited minutes who is pretty consistent. Honestly, very good for a points league if, if we're talking limited minutes because he's going to be like potential double-double candidate, which is which is nice on points but can be a little limiting in 9 cap. Take us through the Lakers. You might as well keep going. You're on a roll. 
Uh, Lakers, Cam Reddish, it seems like LeBron's best friend. Is it just because he hits corner threes or is it because he's a clutch client and one day we'll figure that out? Uh, I'm going to be avoiding Cam Reddish for now. Uh, it looks like he's also dealing with the similar groin stuff that Norm Powell is. Josh Giddey's dealing with his own sort of groin stuff. Uh, Torian Prince and Rui Hachimura. <laughs> I was going to see if you caught that. Torian I Prince that. And, and Rui Hachimura, uh, very similar players in similar roles. Uh, Torian Prince, again, playing tons of minutes. So if, if he's going to keep up this amount of minutes log, he's going to be someone that I completely trust. I personally streamed Rui last week, and I'm, I will happily go back to the well. He's going to play his 28 to 30 minutes. And the guy has uh, tunnel vision for putting up shots. He's kind of like uh, Michael Porter Jr. in that sense. If he gets the ball, it's go- it's going up. So you could count on him to, in a stream spot, have that potential to get you a 15 or 20 and six rebounds type of thing. Christian Wood, probably the greatest surprise to the Lakers this season. He's probably owned. The minutes have been fluctuating a lot. He's owned in all my leagues. But again, if you're looking for rebounds, if you're looking for blocks, if you're looking for some nice boost to the field goal efficiency, he might go four for four, three for three, five for seven on any given night. So uh, I like I like all of them. I, I actually think the Lakers are good a good team to stream into. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I think they're what we're going to talk about. Oh yeah, God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, Lakers. They're all they're all viable. I think for different reasons, as, as you've alluded to. Um, so it really does come down to what you what you need for the week. Oh, on to Memphis. Um, now I've I popped a couple of these guys in here because we Desmond Bain was questionable, but I, I'm just checking in here, and so he is starting today. So I assume he's healthy uh, alongside Jacob Gilliard. So Gilliard had moved back to the bench. Um, but he is now back in the starting lineup with Santi Aldama. I didn't put Aldama in here because I figured he'd been picked up in most spots by now. If, if he hasn't, go and grab him. Um, it's really, look, it's really just a bunch of nothing here. Gilliard, I guess if he's starting assists and maybe steals, but even in starters, well, as a starter, he hasn't blown anyone away. So John Conchar, we know he can... He can sort of give you out-of-position stats. He's decent rebounder um, from the guard position. Derek Rose, I don't know. We had to get him on this list at least once this year. He he just can't play big minutes. So I, I just, even if he's got an opportunity, I just don't think they can push him to the point where he can be fantasy relevant. And then I threw in Shaq Harrison and Jalen Noel, who were signed to 10-day contracts yesterday, I believe. Um, Shaq Harrison, we know a little bit like a Chris Dunn, if he gets minutes, he can put up fantasy numbers um, in a hurry. So have a look at the rotation today and, and see how they use him, if they use him. Jalen Noel has had moments as well throughout the last 12, 24 months um, when he was with the Timberwolves where he went off. and So he can score in a hurry. So both of those guys are names to watch. I wouldn't be adding them just yet because they might not even be in the rotation. But... Uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the Grizzlies? I mean, obviously, they've got a lot of injuries, so so there are guys that are going to get opportunity, but are we prioritizing any of them? No. I think you could even add David Roddy to the list, too. Yeah. Uh, he's getting consistent minutes. The, the statistics have been a little all over the place. It's not sexy, but you could play into it on a given stream night or if the schedule is nice. Uh, these guys have three games in four days to start a 
slower week. So it's interesting, but no, uh, they really need John Morant back. I would say to the Noel, Harrison, Derek Rose, Gilliard, like they're all kind of a similar player, like a scoring punch from the guard position, kind of exactly what they're missing from Morant. If any one of those guys does step up, if Shaq Harrison does put up 16 points this game, then I'm quick to add them because it might last for the next two weeks until Ja is back. So um, I think they're really missing uh, offensive scoring punch from the guard position. Simply too much is going on Desmond Bain's shoulders. Yeah. So if one of these guys steps up in one game, then pick up the hot hand and look to ride it for a week or two. Uh, so just – News just came through that Rui Hachimura underwent a procedure to repair a nasal fracture today, so he will be reevaluated in a week. So don't stream Rui Hachimura because he won't be. Playing. No, but bump up the Torian Prince. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. don't know how many more minutes he can handle, but it seems like he's not coming off the floor then. Yep. Um, the Knicks again. They're they're a team that I generally avoid just because. We the minutes are up and down, and but I've I've just put this. This is a bit of a three-headed monster. These guys, Josh Hart, Dante Divincenzo, and Quinton Grimes. Even coming into the season, we figured that they were all going to just cut each other's grass and and limit what that what each other can do. Um, we've seen when one is injured or or out, two often step up. But with all three of them healthy and playing, uh, Grimes seems to be starting, but. There, I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be Hart. Josh Hart would be the the priority there, just because of his ability to get some rebounds and some defensive stuff. Divincenzo had one game, I think, last week where he went off, but then he he's done nothing since. Are you interested in any of the Knicks guys? Uh, depending on what you need, Grimes, no, uh, because. Even though he is the starter right now, his usage is so low. He's getting those cardio minutes. He's not getting enough statistics that warrant it. DiVincenzo and Hart, kind of what do you need? And, you know, if you need more threes, you go DiVincenzo. If you need more rebounds and stocks, you go Hart. Uh, if you need someone who's more consistent at the free throw line, because that's something you're, like, cognizant of, you go DiVincenzo. So, very similar players, going to maintain similar roles as long as they're both out there. Uh going to cut each other's grass. I think that's a great expression for it. And uh, I feel pretty similar about both of them. Just more of what you need. Uh, so on to the Magic, who I'm, I'm following along here. And, uh, yeah, Mo Wagner currently has 27 points in 23 minutes. Um, wow. So I've got him on my list. Very good. <laughs> um, I've put I've put Joe Ingles. Look, he, he doesn't do a lot, but I think they need him out on the floor. He does provide them with a bit of a veteran presence and – and you can even I even noticed watching the game this morning that uh, Jamal Mosley goes to him and and uses him as a means of communication on the court. So he was calling out to Joe a lot. So they, I think they do value him. Um, he's played twenty one minutes tonight. Only has five points, five rebounds, two assists. But he's a, he's a guy that you can grab if you're just looking for some assists and threes. Um, Jonathan Isaac. His minutes have been a little bit up and down. He's at 13 tonight, uh, no defensive stuff. But he's really just a guy you're streaming in if you need defensive blocks and steals. Uh, Mo Wagner, as I said, he, he's going off tonight, but don't expect 27 points in 23 minutes every night. But he is, um, if you're looking at the two centres that they've got rolling at the moment, uh, Goga Batadze and Mo Wagner. Wagner is the one you want to go with if you need points and threes. 
Uh, Batadze is, is if you need rebounds and defensive stuff. And then Gary Harris, uh, I said we would talk about this. Cole Anthony is still on the court and playing, but if he misses time, I think Gary Harris is a nice option. He did he started the second half today over uh, Anthony Black, who's done absolutely nothing um, despite starting, I think, nine games. Um, so Gary Harris, if you need threes, would be a nice option here. Anyone else on the Magic that I'm missing? Uh, no, this seems to be it. I would say keep eyes on the Cole Anthony news. I think that's a great point. It's actually his, I think Greg Anthony, his dad, is calling the game. He so is, that's yeah. a, an ironic moment and, and it kind of sucks. I mean, actually, when you get hurt, you always kind of want your, one of your parents there. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Uh, I, I think I think the magic right now, the biggest story about them is seven game win streak. Uh, or I think one, two, three, four, five, six game win streak, winning seven of their last eight, including wins over Milwaukee, Denver and Boston in the process. So. I mean, look look to back this Magic team in, in more than a few ways than one. They're just a very good defensive team. Like this Celtics Magic game is 102 to 90 right now as we're talking with two minutes left in the game. Uh, that is going to limit some of the fantasy upside. It's not it's no Indiana Pacers where we're putting up 300 total points in the game. But this Magic team is a fun team to back, a fun team to stream, uh, pretty consistent options around the board, and they're playing really well. So I, I like all of them pretty equally. I do. And, and look, I think at the moment we just need to assume that Markel Fultz is out until further notice because he's, he's right. already getting ruled out like a day in advance, two days in advance. So it's very frustrating. And, and if you need to drop him, I, I think you have to. Uh, I'm trying not to, but part of that is just me being stubborn because I was pretty high on him coming into the season. So I know you're also high on Jalen Suggs historically, Adam. How much do we think that Suggs is great start to the season is a reflection of some of the depth around him being weaker like is it sustainable like if i am a sugs if i'm a sugs owner am i selling high if i'm not a sugs owner am i trying to buy him for rest of season value or where does that kind of fall for you yeah look it's 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 hard to know i i like to think that he probably has 12 team value the rest of the season um, I do think the fact that Fultz isn't there has to play into or, or has to be looked at when you look at what he's been able to do to start the season. Um, and as I said, Anthony Black, who's been starting, has done nothing at all. So if you throw in a point guard that, that's going to have the ball in his hands a lot, that uh, is a really good facilitator, good defender like Fultz, that's going to take away a little bit from, from Jalen Suggs. But... I've liked his game for a while. So, I mean, he's top 70 over the last month. Um, top oh, top 70 for the season, basically. Um, yeah, look, I like to think he, he'll be top 100 rest of the season. In terms of selling high or, or buying or, or whatever we want to look at there, I think, I mean, if you could sell him for a top 70 player, I probably would. I just don't think anyone would, would buy that given – the sample size of his career to this point. This is this is people might still see this as an outlier uh, with good reason because um, he has been pretty ordinary thus far. He has had injuries, so I think if he can stay healthy, uh, they can get faults back out there. As you said, they're a really good team this year, so it, it does look like they're 
they're going to beat Boston. Um, they're up by 14 with a minute to go. So that, that one is done. So they are a really good team. We have seen them start hot before and then cool off towards the back end of the season. But uh, I like what I've seen uh, from them, as you said, on the defensive end. I think they're really building their game on defense. Uh, looking at Phoenix, Kate Durant is out tonight. Um, so the, the, I'm not sure that if there's any long-term value in, in any of these guys here. Um but someone like a Cater Bates Diop or a Nasir Little as well, I could probably throw on this list with KD out tonight. And if he misses more time, Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen are probably the two main ones. They're probably rostered in a lot of leagues, not everywhere. They seem to be alternating. So one will be good one night and then, then it's the next. Beal is out for at least another week, week and a half, maybe two weeks. Um so I think Gordon and Allen, if either of them are available, probably should be rostered everywhere. Uh, anyone else? Um, Drew Eubanks has had his moments, but I think he's questionable um, or out for, for tonight's game. So, yeah, I, I don't really see anyone else. Um, what about you? No, I think probably those guys are owned. If you need to stream for threes while KD is out, look at like a Yuta Wananabe. Uh, but otherwise than that, it's going to be kind of gross. Uh, Beal and Booker, are, is Beal playing yet or is he still out? No, nah, Beal, out. so Beal, yeah, Beal's still out. Three, three weeks. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I think they were, got, it was yeah, a sure. three-week re-evaluation process. So yeah, all these guys are probably Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon. I mean, mm-hmm. I would assume Grayson Allen is potentially the most talked about name as we do the show throughout the season. Like he'll be on the list yeah. every single week, especially as he gets dropped in a few places when Beal does come back, but he's just, he's always going to be a viable stream. He was the same thing in Milwaukee the last few years. Uh, I think he was in Memphis before that too. Uh, so I, I actually, I'm okay with any and all of them and I don't have any preferences to a specific one. Uh, so yeah, that magic game is over and Cole Anthony, Played 28 minutes, so didn't play a ton in the in the second half, I don't think, but ended with 16 points, six assists, two steals, a block, two threes. So a really good night for him. Suggs ended with 10 points, uh, three threes, one assist, one steal. He's really built on threes and steals uh, at the moment uh, and some points. So um, on to Toronto, another god. A really boring team, I think, this season. Like I have, I've watched a couple of their games. It's hard to watch. I've put Gary Trent, uh, I've put Brescia Zachua, Chris Boucher, but none of these guys excite me. Um, they they're just positioned a lot like the Bulls. That they just need to actually tear it down, trade some people away. Let's hit the reset button. A little bit like Washington have done, but let's do it better than Washington because I don't think they've done it well. Um, Gary Trent, look, I do feel like there's going to be a period this season where he gets hot and he'll have a week or two weeks where he scores 20 points a game and gets two or three steals, hits four threes. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, You just need to monitor his production. Um, Yeah, look, are are you excited here? Because I'm not. No. The only thing I'll throw out is if they do tear it down and – some people who are listening to this pod may know this, others not. I'm mainly a gambler. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where I specialize. So what I'm looking at is if this team does sell parts, and you're very right to say it might just be time to tear it down. They've lost way too many pieces over the years. 
with getting no return, getting nothing back for Van Vliet, getting nothing back pennies on the dollar for Lowry, letting Kawhi walk, getting nothing for Danny Green. So there's been too many guys who have left with getting nothing back. So Siakam, OGN, and Obi potentially on the on the block. The best way to attack this from a betting perspective and stepping away from fantasy because you covered the fantasy side so well. Yep. Scotty Barnes to win most improved player is still five to one. So plus 500. This is really Tyrese Maxey's award to lose with Scotty Barnes being the clear second in this. But at five to one odds, if Maxey were to get hurt and miss any time, or if the Raptors were to sell parts and give a way bigger load to Barnes, we're looking at him potentially skyrocketing up his board. So a little five to one futures on Scotty Barnes is a, is a fun way to get some excitement in Toronto. And that's really the only reason to watch Toronto is Barnes has been absolutely amazing this season. He has been good. He, he's, his block numbers have come down, but we, we knew that was going to happen, but he's still doing a bit of everything else. Um, I wish OG Ananobi would, would just play better. He, he's been underwhelming um, this season. So another reason that I just don't watch them because they're boring. Uh, take us through Utah, final team. Um, what do you think about these guys? I, I know Kelly Olenek was on your list that you sent me this morning. Yeah, I listen, how much longer are we having Walker Kessler still hurt? I think it's a week. I think they're, I think he was going to be reevaluated in a, in a week maybe. Let me look that up while you talk about the Jazz. As long as Kessler's going to be out, and especially with the Jazz having a very favorable schedule this week, they have the – three games in four days to start the week. So between Monday and Thursday, they are going to play three times. So we're talking about target these early week streams. Look for players that you can, you know, get ahead of in certain categories. Kelly Olenek fits every description of that this week. Uh, It's boring. It's not sexy. It's not fun to watch. But then you can look at the box score and there's a little bit of everything at a really elite level, some of these games. So very high ceiling to stream into. Opportunity share should clearly be there. Uh, he is a no-brainer stream, in my opinion. He's probably still on a lot of boards. The THT Agbaji uh, debate is is Horton Tucker getting enough minutes right now? I feel like his minutes have slowly trended down throughout the season. Uh, it's it's too inconsistent for me. Uh, Agbaji, on the other hand, he does stay on the court because he's, he's just. Yeah, his minutes are a little bit all over the place too. I mean, a lot of a lot of twenty fives and thirties, but then the last two games, seventeen and fourteen. So it's kind of hard to project onto that team right now. They're trying to figure themselves out. I do like Olenek though. Right now, for the next week or two, it's going to be pretty stable. Yeah. So I just I just found some news. Uh, the the latest we had on Kessler was from four days ago. Uh, he's been cleared to begin basketball contact, but will remain out at least one more week. Um, and as well, as we discussed and, and I've discussed with a few people and he did injure this elbow on opening night. So this was an injury that he played with, played through for at least a couple of weeks. So when you look at what he was doing to start the season, I think you just have to put that caveat there that he was injured. So, cause he was disappointing. He wasn't getting the numbers we were expecting. The minutes were down. So if he was just trying to play through this injury, that may have contributed to that. So I still hold out hope that he can turn things around. Um, we, we just, he was so good in his rookie season. Um, so just keep that in mind. But yes, as you said, Alinek is the guy we want here. Agbaji, it feels like 
the Jazz want him to be good and, and they're quite high on him, but they play him, they start him, and then they go, oh, so he's not actually that good, and he goes back to 15 minutes. Undoubtedly, in there'll be another period in the season where they go, no, no, we want him to be good. Let's play him minutes. So he'll be up and down. I was going to say, he's um, got that Bilal Koulibaly profile where yeah, yeah. later in the season, he's going to get tons of minutes. Yeah, I think so, um, especially if they continue on their trajectory. Last season, they sort of came out of the gates red hot. Everyone was surprised. And then they cooled off late. But this season, I think teams have figured them out a bit. Um, they have had a couple of injuries. So, yeah, it could be that he's playing big minutes at some point. Uh, look, that's all the teams that I had, all the players that I had. Anyone you want to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, there's there's just, I think, two that I wanted to hit on. I quickly looked up the transaction trends and who's been added the most. Uh, Jaime Jaquez, I just felt like we had mm-hmm. to discuss one more time. We hit on him last week, and we were both very bullish on him and saying, this guy's a real piece for this team. He's been the most added player on Yahoo over the last 48 hours, and he still has a 30% roster rate. Uh, the Miami schedule is not the greatest and most advantageous next week. However, uh, this guy looks good. And I know Bam's been playing out or, you know, he's probable back tonight, so we'll see how it affects him. Jimmy is sporadic with, you know, some rest nights here and there. It doesn't open up too much room for Hawkes if the team's fully healthy, but look, he. He's one of these players that's been too hard to keep off the court. And he I has, think there's real potential that they make a trade and they trade Tyler Hero and they try and bring in uh, a better point guard in front of Lowry or jo- with Josh Richardson there. Like they need to upgrade that spot pretty badly. And if that happens where they get rid of yet another wing, if they add in Duncan Robinson for contract filler, uh, then I think Hawk has his uh, rocket ship up if his minutes increase. Yeah, I think so. He's playing more than I thought he would. Um, I thought that they would utilize him, but not to this level. Uh, and I think Duncan Robinson is out tonight with a thumb thing. So that gives him a bump. It probably gives Highsmith a bit of a bump as well. Uh, and yeah, I mean, look, Tyler Hero was on the trade block. He was rumored to be out the door preseason. Um, so who's to say they're still not leaning that way and, and looking to trade him at some point? And, and Huckers is. I mean, he scored double digits in six of seven of his last eight games. Uh, he's typically playing at least 27, 28 minutes. Um, yeah, look, outside of the the points, he, he can get you some rebounds. Not a lot on the defensive end yet, but they, they don't mind running the offense through him a bit. So I, I think he's a must-roster player. And, and yeah, only being rostered in 30% of leagues is actually pretty surprising. People are sleeping. They, they need are. to be tuning in to Balls Deep. And the final guy, you said you had two guys? Uh, you know, I, I they were Jaden Ivey uh, for Pistons, okay. Rui for the Lakers, which obviously now that changes things, and Kelly Olenek because of the schedule were the, were the four that I popped up. Uh, I, I think you could even have the, the Haywood-Highsmith debate too because he's been starting for the, the Heat, but I'd much rather Hawk has. Um, yeah. I would go to I would go to Highsmith in a strong schedule situation that doesn't totally exist. He's kind of a Najee Marshall for me, where he's going to do a little bit of everything. Um, but I think that's that's that pretty much covers it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, Ivy on, on Ivy. I, I think I don't know. This is probably just because I managed to get him in a, in a competitive league, and I'm hoping for the best. But there is a chance here 
because I, I saw, I remember seeing a lot of preseason videos and stuff, and he was talking about him and Cade, and they're the future in Detroit, and they're going to build around them, that sort of thing. And and obviously that didn't pan out in the first month. He he could have something to prove here. Like he might be playing with a chip on his shoulder and, and trying to prove something to Monty Williams about the fact that he should be starting, he should be their future. Um, so someone to, if he if he's available, I'd grab him and, and let's see what he can do over the next couple of weeks. Especially with a good Detroit schedule this week. I mean, if you get the yeah. three games in the first four days and the back-to-back that you have with the Pistons, that's a, and four games in the week where you could hold on to him if he's, you know, and then you get the two games next week where your team's going to be full anyways, so that you can just leave him on your bench and see how he does. You could hold on to Ivy for the next two weeks at very low uh, opportunity cost. Yep. And hey, you might end up getting something good. So if I was in a competitive league, that's definitely a situation that I'd be looking at. I think it's a, a strong pickup. Yeah, agreed. And and that will round things out today. Um, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to, I think I've got to go do shopping and I don't know, I've got things to do. Um, remember to uh, follow Mike on Twitter at Fiddles Picks. I am at AdamKing91. Why is he turning his camera? Oh, he's looking at his dog there, which <laughs> living its best life. LeBron is passed out with, with her leg up in the air. <laughs> it's where I'd like to be, uh, passed right. out with my – I don't know if I'd have my leg up in the air. That might not end well. But uh, good to see the dog enjoying life. Uh, maybe you need to take, take him for a walk or something. Um, <laughs> get him out, get some activity. That will do it for today's show. Remember, you can check out all of our content over at FBI Basketball. Dot com. Uh, as Mike alluded to, go over, jump into our Discord server and see what people are talking about, um, whether it's about Josh Giddy or, or just anything fantasy-related. I think I'm going to start doing some um, AMAs in our analyst channel, uh, something I haven't been able to get to this season yet because it was obviously a bit disrupted with my travel. But now that I'm back, um, I'll probably jump in there. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Please give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That would be amazing. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.